All right. We're Pog back. All right. Okay, let's go. I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Messi drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And that Campbell Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from in between us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shabby Lanter. Pillow. If you say it, say it with chest. Sorry, you just have to guess. <laughs> do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. <laughs> Mario who, sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know that. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcast with your host, me, Drew. And me, George. We are back with another of our challenge episodes. This one is the Transfer Flop 11. Basically, it is as it says on the tin. It is basically any transfer uh, from one team to another that has just not worked out in the way that the team wanted or the player wanted. Yeah, exactly. Now, it could be in terms of a huge transfer fee or it could be a small transfer fee with a hilarious story, which is the ones that I'm looking forward to talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a mix of both. Uh, and it is obviously in light of... The, of Two major transfers that happened in the past few years that have both left their respective clubs this week, and they both feature in this team, so we won't give the name away just yet. But you might be able to tell that it's very topical. Transfer flop 11, after one of the biggest transfer flops of all time, uh, occurred this past season and has now <laughs> run back to his old club with his tail between his legs. <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, let's dive straight in. Um, you, you might not be surprised to know that Chelsea feature very heavily in this list. <laughs> So, we're going for a unprecedented 3-5-2 formation on this podcast. We never do three defender formations. So, we've gone for a 3-5-2 for reasons that will become very apparent very quickly. So, George, who have we got in net? Uh, so, in net, we have the... I mean, he's been chosen on our thing in a different team, which I can't remember which it was. But it's uh, Kepa Aretha Balaga. I hope I say that right. Uh, from Bilbao to Chelsea for seventy-two million to Ouch. be a backup. To be a backup to Edouard Mendy. Now, obviously, at the time they signed him um, when Thibaut Courtois left to go to Madrid, and they signed him as the the long-term replacement, up-and-coming goalkeeper from Athletic Club Bilbao. Um, obviously, big reports from Spain that he was the next he was the next number one for Spain. Get out of the way, De Gea. Here comes Kepa. I, lo- I still love the fact that he's called Kepa. A keeper called Kepa is fantastic. <laughs> but he's just not a very good Kepa keeper. He's not he's just not very good. Um no. a great shot stopper. Just not he reminds me of when De Gea joined United and everyone was like, ah, oh, this guy can't hack it, he's too skinny. And then De Gea proves everyone wrong. So this is this is like a what if moment. Kepa is basically the what if De Gea <laughs> didn't get any better. Yeah, because I remember it was it was whenever you put a ball into the box, De Gea just literally could not catch it. He just fling his arms around no. and no. And for that fee, for seventy two million, which yeah. was at the time was one of the highest transfers ever, and the, the, definitely the highest fee for a goalkeeper, hundred percent. Because I remember actually because Liverpool signed Allison the week before for a huge fee, and everyone's like, whoa, for a keeper, that's insane. And Chelsea were like, oh, you thought that was big, watch this. And they signed a keeper who turned out to be not as good. It's safe to say that Alisson is a better goalkeeper than Kepa. And yeah, then, yeah, Kepa, just, it's just never really panned out for him. And then the fact they signed a replacement, but then kept him, which I think is really funny, that he's just sat on the bench making all that money. I mean, I don't suppose he cares, but... It's got to be like, he, he doesn't want to leave because the wage he's on. No other team wants to pay his wage. So he's just sort of... It's like a Gareth Bale moment. He's just stuck there. And like, like you say, he, he's probably if he happy about it. <laughs> I think with Kepper as well, one thing we have to address is uh, his ultimate shithousery moment where he decided that in the Carling Cup final, or Carabao Cup final, that he's like, nope, I'm not coming off. Maurizio, sorry. Yeah. Do one. I'm staying on. And that time it worked, and then obviously the the most recent Carabao Cup final, he bottled it, came off the bench on the 119th minute, 
conceded every single penalty and then skied his and won Liverpool at Carabao Cup. So cheers, Kepper. Nice one, buddy. Yeah, the one thing I don't get, though, about the, the one with Sari where he refused to come off is surely, surely Sari pulls rank and no matter what happens. Like, Sari can just be like, look, he is not on the pitch anymore. Get him off. Like, yeah. oh, why was he allowed to just sort yeah, of... I don't know what the rule is with that. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Because Sari was going Maybe. mental. I'm worth 72 million. You can't take me off. What an idiot. What an idiot. Well... What an, idiot, what an idiot indeed. A £72 million idiot. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on to the to the centre-backs. There are three of them, um, two of which are English. That should give you a massive clue as to who the next one's going to be. Of course, if we're talking about transfer flops, now I, and this isn't a, a detriment to the player. I still think he's a serviceable centre-back. One of England's better centre-backs. Um, definitely United's best centre-back, because Rafael Varane forgot how to play football. It is, of course... The £80 million transfer from Leicester to Manchester United after one good World Cup for Harry Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I just can't disagree. I've never I've never defended him and I still won't to this day. I, it's not that I dislike him. Like a lot of people seem to dislike him. It's just that he's he's not that good. <laughs> no. I think I think one of the main reasons why people get so angry about him is that he cost £80 million. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I remember, I distinctly remember Liverpool signing Virgil van Dijk, £75 million. Everyone lost their minds. They're like, what are you doing? Centre-back, £75 million insane. I can't believe they've done that. And then one good World Cup, he scores, scores a header in the World Cup. The England fans on a hype from the, the World Cup, which is fair enough. They got to the semi-final, they were very good. And then United were like, whoa, I require Slabhead, get him in. And then, yeah. It's not worked out for the lad. No. One of the funniest things he's ever done as well, and I don't mean funny as in he's actively been funny, is he he was received it was one of the points in his career where he's receiving so much criticism from um all of the English media and uh, without being mean about it, rightly so, like he just wasn't performing. And he scored for England yeah. in a get in a I swear it was like a friendly as well in a 4-0 win, so it wasn't like a winning goal or anything. And he ran to the corner, slid on his knees and put his like hand like his fingers to his ears as if say what like what are you what are you saying now? And it's like all you've done is score a header against a nothing team. <laughs> like you haven't proven anything. <laughs> and if you've got yeah. the nickname yeah, Slabhead, it's yeah. it's not great. <laughs> I I was really a big fan of Harry Maguire in that World Cup because he made people with big heads cool and then He's bottled it now, and now we're back. We're back in the yeah. gutters, aren't we? One of the main. I was gone for the, a bit. <laughs> one of the main reason he's famous as well, and TikTok fans. If anyone watches TikTok, you'll know this. There is a sound on TikTok devoted just to him, and it's about someone failing at something. Harry Maguire. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and it's it's all surrounded by just someone failing at simple task, and it's so funny. <laughs> I think it might be the sidemen. From that sound, I'm fairly sure it's one of the sidemen that does that sound. Oh, is it? Um, which shows how old we are. Like one of them sidemen did that. You know them don't, don't sidemen. The but one of them. K. and his pals don't know the rest of their names. Anyway, away from TikTok and from Harry Maguire, onto the next central defender. Now this one is another Englishman. Uh, this one we're going to throw you away all the way back to 2004, summer of 2004. Real Madrid are in search of some reinforcements uh, in their defensive line. They're looking to to reinforce the Galacticos team that has been doing so well to join the likes of Ronaldo, Beckham, Figo, Roberto Carlos, Casillas, Zidane. So they go and pick up 13.4 million, Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> It'll never make sense. It will never no. make sense. So Jonathan Woodgate, a talented centre-back, Obviously, he had to be good to unite for Madrid to go, oh, yeah, we'll have a bit of that. So they they, they pick up Jonathan Woodgate. Um, Jonathan Woodgate was um, basically injured majority of his career. Um, he's like a, a rubbish white Ludley King. There you go. Um, so basically, he couldn't stay on the pitch. He was always injured. And when he joined Madrid, he was injured. So how he passed the medical, I don't know. But he he was injured. And then when he eventually came to make his debut, bear in mind, in those days, 13.5 million, not not a small fee. 
pretty good fee. Newcastle were probably laughing all the way to the bank. So on his debut, playing against Athletic Bilbao, uh, 25 minutes into the game, Jonathan Woodgate scores a very, very good own goal with a diving header. <laughs> Having had your own goal, which is a fantastic way to start your Real Madrid career. But yeah. then, you thought that was bad? Jonathan Woodgate was like, all right, that was pretty bad. But watch this. Second half, gets sent off. <laughs> and that pretty much set the tone for his whole Real Madrid career. Uh, to do that, to do that in front of any in front of any fan base is bad. To do it in front of the Real Madrid fan base, which are not very forgiving. Yeah. Not great. He uh did score in his Champions League debut in a four one win against Rosenberg. Nice. Um but fantastic quote from Jonathan Woodgate after his debut. Obviously, I did not want to get an own goal. Cheers, John. It's like Michael Owen level commentary, that. Oh, man. Well, Michael Owen, a player yeah, who has played for both Newcastle and Real Madrid as well. Good yeah. little He, yeah, basically, he just flopped massively. You know, he he was voted by the, the fans as the club's worst signing of the 21st century by uh, in Marsa, receiving 37.11% of the vote. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then had the audacity to look back at his career and say, I love my time in Madrid. It was great. Come on, John. You do. I mean, it's a great so, yeah. city. Yeah, true. I suppose that's what, uh, what you can take from that. So... The next defender, you'll notice I'm introducing a lot of these. It's because I'm telling George stories at the same time as I'm telling you. So this yeah, next it's one actually, it's actually quite has a great story. This next centre-back, to go along with uh, Harry and Jonathan, his first name is Winston. Uh, his surname is Bogard. Okay, so Winston Bogard uh, signed for Chelsea on a free transfer from Barcelona in the early 2000s. Winston Bogard was a full Netherlands international. He played for Ajax, obviously played for Barcelona. So no no mean feat to play for those two clubs. So uh, at the time that he signed, Gianluca Vialli was in charge of Chelsea. He didn't like him, didn't have a say in it apparently. Uh, but then Vialli was swiftly sacked. And then Ranieri came in and he doesn't like Winston Bogard at all. So Winston Bogard signs for Chelsea uh, on a free transfer, signs his contract £40,000 a week which at the time, Chelsea weren't Abramovich rich yet. So that's quite a, a lot of money for a player. So Winston Bogard sat on the bench for Chelsea for four years, essentially, and getting paid £40,000 a week. So over his time at Chelsea, he pretty much earned £10 million. Okay, So bear in mind, he made 11 appearances for Chelsea. He cost Chelsea £1 million per game played. Like, I mean, I'd do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not judging I think, him I think fair play to him. <laughs> Yeah, I think most people would do it, like, fair play to him. But, Jesus, that's... Yeah, uh... So, apparently, he was... Uh, yeah, so, basically, he had options to move away from Chelsea, and every time they offered him less money, so he was like, mm, you know what, I'm going to stay here. Yeah, yeah, why not? I, I feel like a lot of these, it's like, as soon as, as, soon as you've gone for so much money and you're t- earning so much a week... Someone has to match that wage, so it's like if if they don't match it, you're not going to leave. No, and no one's going to actually buy you and pay you like that much. So it's you're just stuck there. It's weird. Yeah. So he got demoted to the reserves, got demoted to the youth teams, but he's like, nah, I'm sticking around, stuck around, and then retired. Jesus Christ! What a man. Fair enough. So yeah, not a transfer flop in the sense that he cost them a lot of money to buy him. More of a transfer flop and the fact that they got him in the first place and then he sat on the bench for 40 grand a week for... Well, not not even the bench. He was just in the squad for 40 grand a week for three years and made a, a lot of money. I was going to say, was he was he on the bench or was it just like... No, he just didn't play. Not even chosen in the squad? No, nope, not even in the squad. Jeez. All right, so there's our defence. We're going to move forward down into yeah. the midfield. There are five midfielders. So we're going to start with the right winger. The right winger, if you're a Middlesbrough fan, you'll be very aware of who he is. Uh, his name is Gazika Mendieta. So Mendieta, uh, formerly of Barcelona, of 
Valencia and obviously Middlesbrough. Uh, Mendieta was once a huge transfer. Kazika Mendieta signed <clears throat> for Lazio in 2001 from Valencia. Uh, Valencia at the time were one of the best teams in Europe and Lazio were trying to make their way in Serie A and try and, you know, make themselves one of the best teams in Europe. So they thought, oh, we'll pick up Gazika Mendieta. He'd been scoring a lot of goals for Valencia. He was um, a versatile player, could play at the, at, as a fullback or a winger or an, even in centre mid. So Gazika Mendieta signed for £47.7 million and then played one season and was loaned out immediately to Barcelona after one season. So they paid, at the time, was the sixth most expensive player of all time. And if you convert that into today's money, it probably would have been a deal around about 100 million. They then loaned him out to Barcelona. He ended up uh, going to Barcelona and then ended up moving to Middlesbrough on a free transfer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. He didn't play that many times for Middlesbrough either. Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't play many times for Valencia either. He made 31... Uh, not Valencia, sorry. Lazio, he made 31 appearances, didn't score once, and they paid £47.7 million for him. Wow. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's yeah, not I mean... good for Mendieta, is it? No, he's not. I mean, you, you can't... Go, you, yeah. you go from, uh, what, Valencia, beautiful city. Lazio, beautiful city. To Barcelona, beautiful city. No, no offense to Middlesbrough, it's just not any of those three cities, is it? <laughs> the living standards go down. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously that's what motivated him because playing in a nice place like Lazio didn't do it for him, so he had to move to the northeast of England to uh, yeah. find his inspiration. Was he in right, good? So he was all right. Yeah, he was all right. He was in the squad that got him to the 2006 UEFA Cup final. Didn't play; he was injured, but he, he go. got him there. Right, so we're going to move forward now back into uh, the central midfield. So this next player, centre midfielder, uh, one of my least favourite players of all time. He was he was okay uh, as a footballer. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but he's a massive transfer flop. For one, for how poor he was for the team we're going to talk about, and for two, the player that he was brought in to replace. So we're, of course, talking about Alberto Aquilani. He signed for Liverpool from Roma. For eighteen million pounds as a direct replacement for one Chabi Alonso. He made nineteen appearances in three years, scored one goal, and then was sold to Fiorentina for eight million. So a very poor return for Liverpool. A massive transfer flop. A beloved centre midfielder in Chabi Alonso. Liverpool fans adored him. Steven Gerrard loved him, and they were all right, we'll go and sign this promising Italian player that never panned out for Liverpool and was absolutely pony. If I remember rightly as well, you were excited when they first signed him. So I'm assuming there was a lot of yeah. buzz around him. But um, Yeah, I mean, at the time, what I was like uh, 15, so I was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely don't yes. remember him playing a game for Liverpool, but seeing that he only played, what do you say, 19? And I didn't watch too many Liverpool games. Is probably the reason why. Yeah, I, it, it's just the flop nature of it is isn't even so much that he was that bad. He was okay. I think the pace of the Premier League was a bit fast for him. To be honest, he, he did all right when he played in Serie A, but when he when he because he played for Juventus, Fiorentina, Roma, he played for some big clubs. Milan, but when he was at Liverpool, he just couldn't hack it. Yeah, Milan couldn't hack it at Liverpool. Steven Gerrard was apparently not a fan of him. And I think that showed because he just wouldn't give him the ball. Didn't like playing centre mid with him. Uh, I I do remember the goal that he scored was really good, but that was the one thing he did. Steven Gerrard not being a fan of you when you're playing in the same team as him at Liverpool is pretty much a death sentence. Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember listening to the uh, Peter Crouch podcast and he mentioned when he was at Liverpool that they, him and Carragher basically used to do like an audition for players where they'd like basically be addicted in the first training session and like fizz the ball into them from dead close and basically test to see how well they could hack being at Liverpool and apparently Aquilani did, did not pass said test and yeah so massive transfer flop <laughs> just not a massive feat players with footballs like yeah 
<laughs> I've got to see if they got the right stuff, and Alberto unfortunately did not. Uh, one of our hmm. our previous guests, Guy Clark, once interviewed Alberto Aquilani, so he was a very nice man. Shit at football, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. Anyway, away from Aquilani, and let's move to another Chelsea transfer flop. Uh, I believe it's our third one so far in this list, and not our last. Uh, it is Danny Drinkwater from Leicester for £35 million. The fact that Drinkwater went for £35 million, Yes, he was in a Leicester City Premier League winning side, but uh, yeah, he's not. So Danny, Drink- Danny Drinkwater, if you didn't know this, fans, uh, was a United youth player. Yeah, He started his career at Manchester United, never made a single appearance for them, uh, was loaned out repeatedly. Eventually, in 2012, ended up at a permanent move to Leicester, where he made 193 appearances, scored 13 goals, and was part of the Premier League winning side. A very big part, of it, actually, which, yeah. which, as George mentioned, led to him signing for Chelsea. Was he their captain? For no, Wes Morgan mil. was their captain. Wes Morgan was the captain, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he moved to Chelsea in 2017. So that's five years ago, right? How many appearances do you think he made? I don't remember him playing a game, but I'm assuming he has. Four. Twelve. So, 12 appearances, one goal. And then, to break down his loan moves for you, yeah. he, in 2019, so basically spent two years doing nothing for Chelsea. And then 2019, went to Burnley on loan, where he made one appearance. And then he went to Aston Villa on loan, where he made four appearances. And then he went to... Kasim Passer in Turkey made 11 appearances and this past season uh, in what is actually one of his most fruitful seasons uh, 32 appearances for Reading on loan in the championship and made and scored one goal wow yeah, ready to be even more astounded go on three England caps three three England caps I well thought it would have been more than that. He's not, because he's not a bad player. But I guess England have some decent midfielders, especially in his time. Yeah, so Danny Drinkwater, um, obviously a massive transfer flop for his actual playing ability and the fact that he cost Chelsea that much money and then he's not done anything for them at all. Uh, But he also has had some personal issues outside of football. He's been charged with drink driving. Uh, He was a apparently attacked outside a nightclub in Manchester. Uh, he had ankle ligament damage as a result of that. So it's a very targeted attack, I think. But yeah, oh. obviously not not the best in terms of transfers. Absolutely not. But this is the thing he did get in the PFA team of the season, 2013-14. He was Leicester's player of the season that year. He got Leicester's goal of the season that year. He's won the FA Cup for Chelsea, the Premier League for Leicester. He's won the Championship for Leicester. So he's won a lot of stuff. He's Has just he technically got a Champions League medal? At Chelsea. Uh, no, no, they, they stopped doing that, didn't they? They didn't. No, they didn't play enough games, no. Cool. Imagine Danny Drinkwater having a Champions League medal. That'd be insane. That would be an ultimate insult to uh, some amazing football players that don't have those medals. <laughs> yeah, at Gigi exactly. Buffon sat there going... Who is Danny Drinkwater? That's very Italian accent. Uh, sound like the guys from Monty Python. <laughs> anyway, I used to live there. Anyway, let's move on from me butchering an Italian impersonation to talk about a player who signed for an Italian club on a free transfer and then moved back to the club that he moved from for a huge transfer and has just agreed literally an hour ago to sign back for that club on a free transfer. And of course, I'm we- and if fans I'm listening that are listening, I'm wearing the shirt currently. It is uh, a player that signed from Manchester United to Juventus, from Juventus to Manchester United, and then back to Juventus on a free. It is of course Mr. Paul Pogba. He's what is he? He's pogged back after being pogged back. Like, <laughs> how many times can you be pogged back before you just? 
I don't can't think of another play on Pogba. Pogba's pretty much just the only one. Too shit to play for one team for too long. He's not, thing, even, right? he's not Pogba. even. A, he's not even a bad player. He's not. That's what's no, so frustrating about a, him. He is a fantastic player. I proved that in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah, uh, talismanic for France in that tournament. He did well in the Euros last year. I'm sure he'll do well in the World Cup this year. I'm sure he'll absolutely smash at Juve as well. He's just yep. never really done it for United. Yeah. Uh, what, Which what in was the context stat- maybe is why they let him go for a free all those years ago. Yeah. What was the stat he had at one point in his second stint at United is he had more haircuts than goals. As in more different <laughs> hairstyles than goals, sorry. He just like- That's the important thing, isn't it? As long as you look good... Yeah, yeah. But um, he apparently is saying a lot of uh, things against United in his new documentary, which I don't want to say the name of it because I hate the name of it. Yeah, you have to say the name of it now. Well, it's, not, it's not even clever. Like Pog Back, I guess, is like, it's just CK on the end of his name. It's the documentary and he's changed yeah. it to Pogumentary. It's not even clever. I guarantee somewhere there was a team of marketing people sat around a table trying to come yeah. up with ideas, and one of them went, Pogumentary? And Paul Pogba was like, yes, that's what we're going for. It is the Pogumentary. No, I, I 100% think he has come up with the name, and there's been a group of people around the table going, uh, we can probably think of something, and he's not, no, no, no. It's yeah. just team so, of yes men. Obviously, we've got to talk about the transfer fee. Paul Pogba signed for United. Considering that they let him go on a free, they then re-signed him for £89 million, which at the time was the world transfer record. And honestly, at the time, they were right to pay it. That was the going rate for Paul Pogba at the time. They beat Real Madrid to the signing. Uh, PSG, I'm sure other clubs are in for him, but obviously an incredibly talented footballer. Probably justified the price at the time. Yeah. But since then, has done nothing to enhance his his playing reputation at club level. Obviously, at country level, fantastic, and he's had good games for United, and he's you know he's done well in places. But for a lot of it, he's been absolutely rubbish. Yeah, he really has. I think I know a lot of people said that um, Graham Suno has given him the the amount of shit that he does. It was like it was a bit too much, but actually. He's not far off. Like he's just, he just seems like such a lazy player, and it's so frustrating. Like apparently in this in this documentary, spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch it. Um, apparently he said uh, something along the lines to his agent when United United offered him a new contract. They offered him three hundred thousand a week, and he called that nothing. He said they're offering me nothing. I'm just like, you have to prove your worth on the pitch first and foremost to get a better deal. But secondly, £300,000 a week is not nothing. I'll be I'll be over the moon if I earn £300,000 in my lifetime. <laughs> like, yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's very sad Nothing. very true. <laughs> yep, so there you go. Pog back. Get in the pog bin. There you go. Um, so, <laughs> we'll move forward. Uh, to the next Manchester United transfer flop. Woohoo, we're getting through them. Uh, so, this next one, Angel Di Maria signed from Real Madrid to Manchester United for £67.5 million, which is a lot of money. And at the time, again, one of the biggest transfers in the Premier League ever. Still is one of the biggest transfers in the Premier League ever, actually. Yeah. Uh, and he sorted off very well. He was a terrific player. He got United's. Uh, Player of the Month for September and also won their Goal of the Month award. Uh, I remember it. Cheeky little dink over the keeper. Fantastic. Can I um, can I just say, though, like everyone, everyone, whenever they chat about uh, Di Maria to United, talks about that one goal. And I'm pretty sure you were just about to say this. It was in a 5-2 or 5-3 or 5-4 loss to Leicester. <laughs> anyway, it looked good. It looked amazing. It was great. It's just everyone always goes, oh, look at this goal that Angel Di Maria Scott. It's like, that's all he did. Yeah, one of the things I fondly remember of that goal was it was, I can't remember the name of the guy. It was an Australian guy. He used to make videos of alternative commentary 
Oh, um, oh, I know the one you mean. I can't remember his name, though. And he used to make really funny ones. And he said about Angel Di Maria, he looks like he'll sell you meth in a KFC cough. <laughs> <laughs> Even oh, though that's not the case. Angel Di Maria, fantastic player, and has proved that since and before that for Madrid, for PSG. Well, he's obviously... Been a fantastic player for PSG, fantastic player for Real Madrid. Won Champions Leagues, won's was won Ligue 1. He's won many, many trophies across his career. The Copa del the Copa del Rey, uh, Copa America, um, and obviously at United, just just couldn't do it. Obviously, again, it was one of those times. Where it was a period of transition for United, so a lot of players were struggling to deliver. And Angel Di Maria was a, a massive example of that, as of a massive transfer flop. Because yeah. they then sold him for a £15 million loss for the following season. It only lasted one season in England. I just remember I I was so, so excited about him coming. So I thought he was going to do like wonders for us. And um, it's just, I think, he, he was he like the first one to be like sort of on the number seven curse after Ronaldo? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the guy was called yeah. Shooter Williamson, by the way. The guy who does that. That was it. There you go. Fantastic videos. If you've never seen him, go watch him because they're, they're fantastic. I remember him doing one for um, Hammers uh, Rodriguez in the World Cup. Yeah. Get fucked. Get absolutely fucked. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on a par with... Uh... Alan Partridge commentary on football. It's very funny. <laughs> it's like the Australian version. It really is. There you go. So yeah. Good. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It's fantastic. We loved it when we were, when we were pretty young. And I'm going to watch them all after this, actually. Yeah, I think uh, I am. <laughs> right. We've alluded to the fact that um, there's a lot of Chelsea players in this side. And we have a strike partnership of two Chelsea players. <laughs> um, I'm going to start off with the one that's in my eyes, not as big a flop because the other one's a bit more funny. Um, and it's someone that Drew will obviously love uh, and I obviously hated for his time in Liverpool because he seemed to be the most unstoppable player in the world whenever he played United, especially against Vidic, who I love dearly. Yeah. It is Fernando Torres. Like I say, incredible at Atletico, incredible uh, for Liverpool. He was always good for Spain, even in this time at Chelsea. But for some reason, at Chelsea, just didn't do it like at all. Didn't do it. And if you can consider at the time as well, they paid fifty million pounds for him, which was a huge transfer fee at the time. Um, we could have included his replacement, one of his replacements at Liverpool in this list, Andy Carroll. We're not going to because um, it's not as funny to talk about Andy Carroll. It's Fernando Torres. Uh, so Fernando Torres, uh, I've got a theory about his transfer flop. Yeah, go on. It's a good theory. So. I don't read the Bible. Um, I think that's well documented. I don't. don't I'm not a religious guy. <laughs> where but... is this? Where is this going? <laughs> In the Bible, there's a story about a bloke who's got nice hair and it makes him strong, right? And then they cut his hair, and he's not as strong anymore. Uh, is it Samson? Uh, that yeah, that's the guy. Is so it? yeah, that fictional man. Sorry. That, that man in the in that book, he. I just realised the the slip then. That man in that book, he gets a haircut, and then he's not very strong anymore. Fernando Torres, when he's playing for Liverpool, had the most beautiful blonde locks, nice little headband, and he looked lovely. And then he went off. Euro two thousand and eight, or World Cup two thousand. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was that one. Uh, and he decided to cut his hair. And then when he came back to Liverpool that season, he just wasn't doing it. He wasn't scoring as many goals. His link-up with Steven Gerrard wasn't there. He just wasn't the player that he was when he had his beautiful, long, blonde hair. Because I could even even then, when he went to Chelsea, he grew his hair back out. So he must have thought that too. He was like, oh, no, I've betrayed my who I am. I've got to get back to that. And then dyed his hair back blonde, grew it out. And obviously it was too late then. The hair gods had frowned upon him and he yeah. couldn't get his powers back. I I remember at some point in Chelsea, didn't he shave his head as well? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you get frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> but Went for but a full Britney moment. One thing we can say about Fernando Torres, and this is going to sound really weird, but I really enjoyed this, was Fernando Torres gave Gary Neville an orgasm. If you remember in the oh. was it semi semi final or quarter finals against Barcelona, I, it sounded like yeah, more than a semi to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it was the one where he what he breaks down the other side of the pitch, takes it around the keeper, and Garrett Neville just loses it. She's <laughs> literally like, "Oh, <laughs> I can't it's do so it." Funny. I'm not it's man so enough funny. to get it. It is one of the best pieces of commentary you ever hear, and the fact <laughs> that it's Gary Neville is even better. But yeah, Fernando Torres, massive transfer flop for Chelsea. The fact he obviously did win the Champions League within that year. He did have an instrumental part in it and fair play to him. He did obviously help them win that and he had moments for Chelsea. One of the moments that I think st- sticks with me as well is, is against United actually, where like you'd mentioned he was previously unstoppable and he gets the oh. ball slipped through to him. Yeah, Beautiful step over, rounds the keeper and if he was in a Liverpool shirt, he would have buried it, not even a question. At Chelsea, rounds the keeper and then just smashes it straight into the stand. It's Yeah, I do remember that one. Massive drop-off for Fernando when he joined Chelsea and, and therefore it's a transfer flop. Can't deny that. He's wham now, though. Have you seen him? Yeah, absolutely jacked. Yeah. I saw I saw it. I think it was a fake article, but it was like Fernando Torres ready to go into the WWE. And I was like, oh, <laughs> go on, lad. But I, I don't think it actually was. I think he's just hit the gym. Yeah, I think, yeah, as I said, I don't think he's actually trying to do that. Uh, so... As George mentioned, this is a Chelsea strike partnership up front. And as we mentioned at the very start, this whole episode is pretty much centred around one move, which has occurred this week. So, of course, we couldn't go through this transfer flop episode without talking about Big Rom, Romelu Lukaku, (laughs) signing for Chelsea. And to be fair, you could talk about his transfer to United as a transfer flop as well. Well, I was going to say, he's, he's got to be one of the only players in history... Um, no, yeah, probably one of the only players in history to have two different transfer flops for big sums of money. Yeah. like I, I, You know what? I think you're right. It's got to be. So, to break it down, Romelu Lukaku went to Inter Milan, absolutely smashed it. He was a terrific player at Inter Milan. Him and Lautaro Martinez had a fantastic partnership. They He scored so many goals, got so many assists. They won the league. He was brilliant under Conte. Conte left. Had a fight Lukaku with left. Ibrahimovic at one point. Yeah, there we go. And then he goes, all right, I'm going to go home, which is a statement he said so many times. Uh, but he decided he wants to go home and signs for Chelsea. So off he goes, back to Chelsea, back to his home. The first big movie ever made was Anderlecht to Chelsea. So he goes to Chelsea for £97.5 million, which is an obscene amount of money for a 28-year-old at the time that he was, supposedly going to the prime of his footballing career. He's now gone back to Inter Milan for a loan fee of £8 million for the year. So it's a loan? I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's just gone, he's just gone on loan. He's not signed permanent. But, I mean, you can guarantee he's never playing for Chelsea again. Unless yeah. he wants to go home for a third time. If he, if he absolutely smashes it into Milan... If you're Chelsea, do you go, let's bring it back? Would you go, now? we've done this before? <laughs> they just keep getting lured. Basically, Chelsea are like a magpie. They get lured in by shiny things. They're like, ooh, ooh <laughs> let, uh, let's go get him. And then he's like, oh, he's not as good when you're dead close to him. Yeah. I, ju- I, just, I-, I think with Lukaku, the, the writing was on the wall when the interview came out from Sky Italia. Oh, of my him. God, yeah. Thanking Inter Milan fans and basically saying that that's his home, that's his best club he's ever played for, and he will go back there one day. And he'd only just signed for Chelsea again, and obviously, obviously he knew because he he's got he's back. He's already back there after he's, one season. He's like, yeah, he's Lukak back, Lubaku, Lubaku. Oh my Lubaku. god, that's much better than Pog back, Lubaku. Right, get that to the patent office. We're making some merch, <laughs> Lubaku. 
We'll be back in t-shirts. Will be available on our store, which we don't have uh, soon. <laughs> just buy some what white mate? t-shirts and write Lubaki on them. And Nostalgia FC, just so that we can be there. There you go. That's ours. <laughs> copyright. <laughs> uh, that's how it works, isn't it? If we say copyright, no one else can copy us. Yeah. Copyright. Can't, that's and ours, we do that. We do that little C with a circle around it. We're fine. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. Lukaku. Absolute transfer flop. My question is, if he came home from Inter Milan to go to Chelsea, yeah. but now he wants to go home to Inter Milan, does he know where he lives? I don't know what you mean. But he said, I'm going, when he said joined Inter, he said he felt like he was home. Yeah. And then he joined Chelsea and he said, I'm coming home. Oh. <laughs> and then, so now, is he technically going back home to go to Inter? Or is he at home trying to leave home? Basically, is he running away from home to go home? <laughs> it's his home away from home. Oh, right. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, I'll go for that one. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. The the man in this episode is centered around Romelu Lukaku. Two big transfer flops: once from Everton to United, and once from well, from Inter Milan to Chelsea. Yeah. So one thing I can never get past Lukaku without saying this: when he played for United, I once heard someone tell me that it looks like he's playing in jeans, and I never was able to <laughs> shake that image. <laughs> Because he's an amazing player. When he was at Inter, he was unstoppable. Such a good player. Power, pace, control, finesse. Everything you want from a striker, he had and still has. He just couldn't do it in England. But Well, he yeah, could. Just the fact he could, though. For Everton and West Brom. Yeah. Like, he, he, showed, he showed what he could do in the Premier League then. And just, uh, yeah. Can't get over how, what, how much he flopped. Maybe. Torres theory. Lukaku used to have hair. Yeah, but he didn't have any at Inter. Different in Italy, though, and it's warm. You don't need <laughs> hair over there. Send Torres over there. So so basically, he did go over there. He went to AC and absolutely bottled it because he had short hair when he went there too. See? Yeah, but in right. Italy, it doesn't there matter. You, you just said that. You've just gone completely against oh, yeah. your own rule. Oh, I'm cutting that out. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Power of editing. So, we got two super subs here. One that I will just... In fact, we'll list off all the names of the players that we could have had. And then we're going to talk about one last one. I promise, George, before we start recording, a story at the end. And this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm waiting for this. The list of players we, we could have had included. Uh, Veron could have been on there. Uh, Rubinho. Uh, Nicola Pepe. Paul Koncheski. Steve Marley, uh, Felipe Coutinho, Antoine Griezmann, uh, Boom Song, Jack Rodwell, Andy Carroll. I mean, the list goes on. The transfer flops there have been many. But this one is a flop for a very, very special and very specific reason. So his name is Marco Buggers, which Great in name. itself is fantastic. So Marco Buggers, Dutch <laughs> striker. Is that how you pronounce it before we carry on? Well, it's either boogers or boogers. So, which one do you want? <laughs> it's not like bougier or something. It's he's Dutch and he spelled B double O G E R S. Boogers, boogers, yeah. Marco boogers. Right, so Marco boogers. <laughs> in 1995, left Sparta Rotterdam and signed for West Ham United. For a fee of one million pounds, okay. This story made even better by the manager of the time of West Ham, Harry Redknapp. Uh, they signed him on the basis that they thought he could be the next Dennis Burkamp. He was not the next Dennis Burkamp. Uh, he flopped massively. He played four times for West Ham United. Okay, one of those games was against Manchester United, where he very quickly got sent off for an absolutely obscene challenge where he sprints the length of the pitch and takes out Gary Neville's standing leg about knee height with a drop kick. He literally jumps into a drop kick and takes out Gary Neville. Right? So he gets sent off. Okay. 
and he accepts his ban. So he gets banned for more games than usual. He gets banned for four games because of the nature of the, the foul. And then he gets injured. And then he has a bit of a downward spiral. And I don't know too much about why he ended up in this situation. But basically, they couldn't find him. And his suspension ended. And he didn't come back to training. All right, all right. Where's Marco? So then they discovered that Marco <laughs> Buggers had left London, gone back to Holland, and was hiding in a caravan park with his wife. What? He uh, so it... basically fled the country after being suspended by the Premier League for uh, taking out Gary Neville. He then fled back to his homeland and hid in a caravan park. <laughs> Why? No, no. I think there's more to the story than that, but pretty it's much, he, uh, yeah, he blamed the wet grass and said it made him slide too far. And then said it wasn't that bad of a foul because Gary Neville was able to finish the match. Uh, so yeah, he um, disappeared. <laughs> yeah. So was um, he scared of the Nevilles? I don't know. <laughs> to, yeah, to know. So yeah, and then he then he uh, had a knee injury. Decided that he'd go back to Holland and finished his career in Holland. But he is a transfer flop because he cost them one million pounds in 1995, which is a big fee. And then uh, decided that he would hide in the caravan. I want to know what happened the moment they found him. That's so yeah. <laughs> I can't get over that. That's so funny. <laughs> so apparently it's what a myth caravan park? but I don't know apparently it's a myth but I think we, we have to uh, we have to assume that it's real and that he did oh, go and hide in the caravan in Holland that's great can you imagine you like, they're looking at the paper the people working in that what? caravan park looking at the paper going is, it, is that the guy in, in caravan 4 <laughs> like, I'm sure I recognise this guy <laughs> And it's just Marco Buggers chilling out in the, in the caravan, <laughs> kicking back, having a few barbecues and that in the caravan park. I love it. I love it. I love the fact it's a caravan park. So when you first said caravan park, like I'm assuming you mean sort of like one of the holiday caravan parks or something like that. I fully uh, went yeah, to, I assume... you know, like a trailer park in like park. America. <laughs> no, you I, know, think, like, I think it you was. You know the advert with Wayne Rooney where he comes out of... Um, a caravan in a trailer park and sees his own yeah, with his poster big he's got a massive beard. That's what I imagined he was at. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. That's that's it. And there's our transfer flop 11. So that's we'll go so back good. through it to uh, remind you of the, the, the many, many transfer flops in this team. Um, so starting from the back in a 3-5-2 formation, uh, we have Kepper Aretha Balaga from Athletic Bilbao for 72 million. And then in defence... Got Harry Maguire from Leicester to United for 80 million, Jonathan Woodgate from Newcastle to Real Madrid for 13.4 million, and Winston Bogard, uh, free transfer from Barcelona to Chelsea. Uh, so, moving on to the midfield on the right wing, we have Mendieta, who went from Valencia to Lazio for 47.7 million euros. We have Aquilani, who replaced Xabi Alonso at Liverpool for 18 million from Roma. We have Danny Drinkwater, where after winning the Premier League, went to Chelsea for £35 million and played 12 games, I think you said. Yeah, and we have games. Pog back, who has gone back to the same club twice. Uh, uh, from Juve to, Yeah, the original uh, flop we're talking about is Juve to United for £89 million. And then we have another United flop, which is Di Maria from Madrid to United for £67.5 million. And then up front. Uh, we have the Chelsea partnership for Fernando Torres from Liverpool to Chelsea uh, for fifty million, and then the big, the big name at the top there, Romelu Lukaku, playing in jeans, into Milan to Chelsea, ninety-seven point five million pounds, followed by our, our amazing super sub, the man from the caravan, Marco Buggers, who signed for West Ham United for one million pounds in nineteen ninety-five. I need to go find. The video of him tackling Gary Neville, I think, just for this. Yeah. Yeah. See the tackle that made him flee the country. (laughs) Surely, maybe, maybe. Ah, here you go. Maybe. West Ham fans, like East Londoners, pretty terrifying people. If you're banned for four games and you were a decent player, they're not going to be 
you know, you're not going to be in their good books. So maybe he's just fleeing them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's well, a shot in the dark. Well, it's, yes, it's a massive shot in the dark. So there we go. From keepers to, from Kepa to caravans, there's our team. So <laughs> thanks again. Thanks for listening. Uh, that was our transfer flop 11. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, you can come back next week when we're going to have another challenge. Uh, next week, in fact, we're going to have the Alternative Sports 11. So yes. we'll let you think about that as to what that might be as we think about what it might be. Uh, <laughs> so remember, you can follow us on any socials. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all under the handle at Nostalgia FC Pod. And you can email us at NostalgiaFCPod at gmail.com. Yes, sir. So in the meantime, go and listen to our episodes. Go check out the socials. Uh, get ready for next week. We're looking forward to next week's episode. It's going to be a good one. Uh, and yeah. yeah. Hopefully this hopefully this uh, this transfer window will bring us many more transfer flops so we can do this episode again next year. Uh, but until that time, <laughs> Merry Transfer Season, everybody. That was our Transfer Flop 11. And what a team it was. And what a team, what a shit team it was. So this next one, uh, I typed the same wrong in Google, so that's not going to work. Uh, Winston, Jonathan, get a mix up. Oh my god, I've just YouTube Joe Bogard. Who the fuck's that? Isn't there an artist anyway. called Humphrey Bogard? Yeah, why not? I don't know. I swear he was like so, a Eurovision entry, wasn't he? <laughs>